The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Ireland's ageing population is on the rise. Now, what this means is that by 2028, there will be more people aged over 65 than people under 14. Now, as a result of this, we must look at how the elderly people in Ireland can live a life of longevity, which is good, but they need adequate health care and support. Joining me now, established consultant on primary and community care, commissioning, long-term conditions management and clinical effectiveness, Professor David Colin Tomei. Good morning and welcome. Hello. What did we learn from uh, the pandemic about our lack of preparedness? I suppose that we didn't take lessons from abroad where they'd had experiences uh, of such similar viruses. And being prepared to get people uh, vaccinated, isolated, and also wearing masks and so on, there was a very lackadaisical approach to uh, in, in, in Europe that caught us badly on the hop. So we could have learned from Asia. Yes, very much, especially places like Korea, um, South Korea uh, and Taiwan, who were really excellent and had experience of coronavirus of a different type uh, through SARS and so on, well before us. And we chose not to learn those experiences and therefore we were caught badly uh, adrift, as Mm. I was saying. There was also an attitude towards people in uh, maybe Japan or China or other Asian countries who, in the depths of winter, when lots of viruses were floating around the place, they would wear masks. And we would have laughed at them. Yes, exactly. We mocked them when, in fact, they were well ahead of the game, really. That's exactly what we should be doing. Maybe they were overzealous on some of the ordinary viruses, but of course, flu particularly is also quite a vicious virus, especially if you're old. Mm. And so, yes, instead of mocking, we should have learned. What this amounted to in many European countries was a cull of the elderly. Yes, it hit the elderly disproportionately for a variety of reasons, partly because elderly people generally are frailer, um, and also, a lot of them maybe uh, are in close association with one another in closed environments often as well. There were a lot of factors, but the vulnerability of older people was a significant uh, hit for them, and that's why so many succumbed. Now, part of uh, your thinking and all of this is about building resilience in an older population. Yes, very much so. How is that to be achieved? Well, I think you have to look at different layers. Uh, One is, of course, the fact that a lot of people in their 70s and even 80s are relatively healthy, and therefore they should be encouraged to keep on with their exercise and and especially mental stimulation. But nevertheless, faculties are fading, so that I always think there's eyes, ears, uh, teeth and feet need to be attended to, because they are quickly remedied if there's any problems there which will help people in communication and in movement. But of course, a lot of people uh, who are elderly do suffer from loneliness, uh, do suffer from depression. Often poverty is associated with many of uh, people who are elderly, and many of them start acquiring more significant diseases like diabetes, like heart troubles. And so If you add all that, that leaves a person to be quite frail. So one of the things we have to do, apart from trying to have ready access to exercise and other forms of stimulus, clubs and access for dentists and so on, 
is how do we identify earlier the people most at risk, something which would have been relevant to COVID, of course. And these are the people I've just uh, enunciated with their multiple morbidities of illnesses and other forms of frailty. Often people know them, nurses, GPs, know them without actually having formalised it. With the changes in the Irish health system that are being uh, introduced, that will be rectified because there's a population responsibility as well as responsibility for individuals. You can identify these people earlier, give them better support for their illnesses, but also as a result of that, they are less likely to admit it to be admitted to hospital, or if they have to be, they tended to have shorter stays and their evidence that we acquired it in work I was involved in England. So at all those levels of building up, obviously, people's fitness, people's mental stimulation, avoiding loneliness and depression, but early identifying of the most vulnerable is a package of care that needs to be done. And I think the new Irish changes really hit that uh, uh, yeah. meet that approach now that's the ambition uh, i mean you can yes, have a policy much. and a plan then you've got to have the realization of uh, yes. that plan i mean currently if an older person has a, a fall at home they could be sitting in one of our accident and emergency departments overnight on a chair yes. if they're lucky yes. you know they yes. might get a trolley uh, yes. so as i say plans are one thing realization of those plans yes, is, exactly. is quite another thing and talking of which, of course, health services all the world, especially post-COVID, have been in some disarray, both in finance and in uh, and in, in services generally. So that's an issue in itself. But if you're frail and have been identified as such, and that, that's what I'm talking about, proactive identification, these people shouldn't be made to wait and things. Because if you admit an old person to hospital who is not well prepared, or even have them lying around in trolleys and cold rooms, they are much more vulnerable to deterioration and maybe even not, maybe even passing away. So identification of these people, tagging records in hospitals as well as in GPs and nurses, these are essential components. Sounds mundane, but they are essential for prevention. Um, when you look at uh, the modern health systems uh, pretty much everywhere, one of the fears that people have is literally about going into hospital relatively well and remaining there or emerging from it sicker than you went in. Hospital-acquired yes. infections. Exactly. So, that's one of the I mean, reasons. it's a Sorry. terrible indictment, isn't it, of modern hospital systems that you could get sicker in hospital than before? It is, but it's to do with the vulnerability of the person going in, of course. It doesn't help. Um, but yes, you're right about being prone to infection, but it's very hard to eradicate all risk from hospital because there's a sick population. That's why one of our tasks is how do we keep people healthy in the community? But for the people I'm talking about, the more frail, to try and have work in the community with our nurses and GPs. And I've got experience of this, which I'll talk about tomorrow in, at the conference. That lessens the chance of them needing to admit it. Oh, I said, if at the worst, they're in and out much quicker. That obviates the exposure to lying around in hospital and getting prone to maybe picking up infections there. It's hard for hospitals to completely eradicate these things. Of course, we could do better, but it's... Preventing an in-and-out quick, if necessary, is, mm. is one of the solutions. 
those who are particularly frail and they may not have a specific ailment, although they may have some of the conditions of older age, how much of that generally is due to self-neglect? You know, not taking enough exercise, not making the efforts for social contact, not getting appropriate nutrition. I I hesitate to... Uh, blame people. I, I worked in a socially deprived area and there's enough stresses and strains for people without money and so on without wanting to get to blame game. But certainly a lot of this would be obviated if they had had better diet. Of course, access to diet isn't always that easy uh, to healthy diets and cooked food and so on. But I, I think to blame them is, is harsh, but I think of course, better diet, better exercise, so on, are plenty of fluid, are all essential in preventing frailty. There's no doubt about mm. that. One of the characteristics of um, the pandemic was when vaccination was introduced, and often uh, it was introduced across Europe on an age cohort basis, that the older people yes. became eligible for scarce vaccines at the beginning. Then vaccines became more readily available. But older people, by and large, do get their vaccinations. They do, you know, at the earliest opportunity, yes. go for the flu vax, and they did for the, the uh, COVID-19 vaccinations, and maybe they're aware of pneumonococcal vaccinations that are available, uh, all of those kind of things. Uh, So, you know, that does help. It does. And in fact, and there's also the shingles vaccine as well, which is because that can be debilitating when you're old. But you're right. In fact, it's younger people who've had most difficulty persuading to get vaccinated. And of course, maybe they're more carefree, but if you, but obviously you want to get a herd immunity anyway to get vaccination levels up across the board. So it's younger people who've been are poorer at getting vaccinated, especially in some of the more poor areas, socially deprived areas I've talked about. That's why people like doctors and nurses have a big role to try and persuade more people. Uh, and like I say, this population approach that the Irish government have introduced for healthcare gives you that population responsibility to be able to look for problems and try and help. Of course, it's still up to individuals to do things. Now, but G- support is important. GPs are uh, overworked, they claim. They, they Some of them can't take any more patients onto their practice yes. lists. That's true in the UK as well as it's true yeah, it is. in Ireland. And then we ask them to do more, to become, if yes. you like, the, you know, looking for the canaries in the coal mine. Yes, that's true. But... Um, and obviously I've not worked in Ireland, but the way we did that in in the UK was obviously have a lot more staff. One of the issues in general practice over the years is that compared with hospital staff, we, GPs were often on their own. But a lot of this work, like the preventive care of uh, people with multiple illnesses who are elderly, we, we used to employ what we call community matrons, which are nurses. We've got now access to people like physiotherapy in the community. And again, the changes are in this integrated care that the Irish government have introduced. It's to have access to other staff so everything isn't dumped on the GP. So yes, GPs are busy, but having other staff to do some of those tasks is one of the ways of uh, spreading the load, of course. But also people like nurses are much better often than us doctors at preventive and doing repetitive uh, checks and so on. So the teamwork is absolutely fundamental. Of course, we need uh, medical input, but not necessarily complete. All the care doesn't have to be done by the uh, doctor. 
So oh. building up a team and building up a team in a small area so you know each other is absolutely crucial because in personal teams tend to function poorly. So having locally knowledgeable people uh, then uh, who know each other makes a big difference to teamwork. Mm-hmm. Now, it sounds like a very good idea and, you know, getting there is maybe the challenge, but it would even save money in the long run. Yes. The fewer days people spend in hospital, the more days they spend out in the community, um, the, the less expensive it's going to be. It will in the, in the long run. There will be obviously time to get the things be- embedded. One of the interesting things that um, even though I was involved in a primary care initiative in England and I was a GP for many years, was that the Irish plan to have much more focus on primary and community care, even though there's a good evidence base for it, it's interesting how other health systems have failed to push that model, and yet that is the one that's likely to be most cost-effective approach to healthcare. Well, it's a fascinating uh, topic, and uh, Professor David Colantome, uh, and who's an established consultant on primary and community care, commissioning long-term conditions management and clinical effectiveness. Uh, a lot of strings to your bow. Uh, David, thank you very much for joining <laughs> us on the program. Pleasure. Thank a, you. A pleasure. Thank you. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.